myself prepared for wizardly combat. I want to show you a trick mother showed me when you weren't around. Welcome to Spellburn, a podcast covering the Dungeon Crawl Classics role-playing game and old-school adventuring. It's time to party like it's 1974. This episode on Spellburn, we're introducing an additional permanent co-host to the show. We'll keep that a secret for right now. Uh, but it's a longtime GCC RPG organizer and game designer. And also, we've got an overload of awesomeness. We're welcoming the notorious Brendan LaSalle for his first visit to Spellburn. Listeners may know Brendan as the guy you sent emails to for the Road Crew swag, or as the most insane judge at conventions. He's also the author of The Funnel, Hole in the Sky, and he's the mastermind behind X-Crawl, one of the most entertaining settings for Dungeon Crawl Classics. Drum roll, please. We're going to unveil our new judge that is going to be trying to fill the gigantic shoes of Jeffrey Tadlock, Judge Jeffrey. He's left us for greener pastures, and we're going to sorely miss Jeffrey, but we've got a new J, a new Judge J to fill out the roster. So, Jen... No, it's not me. I'm already here. No, I mean, are you going to announce the new judge? <laughs> Take it away, Jen. Okay, hold on. Hold on. No, I'm like... This is becoming anticlimactic very quickly. <laughs> so we're going to welcome Judge Julian. Julian yeah. Burnick. Julian Burnick. The new judge on Spellburn. You're the one that skipped over it. I wanted to build up the tension, but, you know, I just kind of ruined the whole moment, I guess. So, uh, all right, well, uh, Julian, tell us a little bit about yourself for uh, the the listeners that might not know you. Well, thanks. Uh, Thanks, Job and Jen. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's awesome to be here. Huge shoes to fill, not just Jeffrey's, Judge Jeffrey, but also Judge Jim, obviously. So uh, it's, it's pretty cool to be here with you guys. Uh, and listeners with you as well. And then Brendan, who I have a funny personal connection with because he was actually the first person I met at my first Gen Con. So here he is, the first guest we ever interview on my first Spellburn, which is pretty cool. And he's also, don't tell him, but he's also like one of my favorite people in the universe. But do not tell him that because he's he's already totally... uh, Ego mad. Yeah. He's already just a. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, I think I'm supposed to be quiet. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so there's that. Um, Not being quiet. I played a lot of D and D, and when I was a kid, starting in the '80s, AD and D, of course, '82-ish, and continued that up through the second edition era, college games, and so forth. Just very hardcore gaming for about ten years. Came back to kind of old school gaming with Castles and Crusades around 2009 or so and played a campaign here with uh, my home gamers for about three years. And right around then, of course, Dungeon Crawl Classics was released uh, in 11, I guess, and it just blew my mind. I I did some beta testing. Well, not really the testing, but I ran the the beta PDF of a game. We ran Portal Under the Stars and the, uh, the other one that's in the original rulebook. I can never remember the name. 
I mean, I just loved it from the very moment that old beta version came into my hands. It's never looked back since then. I've just been having a blast with it. And so very, very happy to be here with you guys. Yay! Awesome. Welcome aboard. We're excited. Yeah, we're thrilled. So now we get to welcome Brandon officially to the show. And we're going to give you the proverbial t-shirt for the most hardcore convention judge. <laughs> oh, my God. Your schedules have been crazy. What, like 16 games at GaryCon? Uh, <laughs> something 16. silly. <laughs> it was a lot. I ran, yeah, I ran a good bit of games. But, you know, to me, when I go there, you know, I, I love running games and I hate working the booth or doing other stuff. So, um, I'm, you know, since the early days, I've always been like, so, Joseph, what if I just went and ran all the games? And he's always let <laughs> me do it. And uh, I, I, uh, I'm very grateful for the opportunity, you know. And, um, you know, it's been, su- you know, it has been super fun. So I actually um, just scheduled my events for Dundracon. I'm going to go do my first ever West Coast convention this uh, February. Nice. And uh, uh, I guess I think it's February 17th. And uh, I'm really excited about that. Um, and I will be running, yes, yeah, six games at Dundracon. Wow. So jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a good time. I'm awesome. really looking forward to it. And thanks. I just got to say thank you so much for having me on uh, Spellburn. I'm so excited about being here and uh, just to be part of the crew. I'm a Spellburner, guys. I'm burning right now, even as we speak. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, Take it easy, man. That's going to take like a week to get back. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I don't mind. I'll sleep in on Thanksgiving Day. It's fine. You know, I'll rest, get my, get my agility back. So we got the introductions out of the way. Let's go ahead and head into the tavern. And the first rule of bartending is this. GBTB. Go beyond the book. Go beyond the book. What do you have? Heineken. F*** that. Tavern talk. Okay, here we are in Tavern Talk, where we talk about what we've done in gaming the past week, or in this case, we've got uh, past half a year or so. <laughs> Only a couple months, right? Yeah. So I don't know. What are we? What are you guys going to talk about? Maybe we talk about Gen Con. I mean, that's something that happened big between sure, you know, then and now. And Brendan, as our as our esteemed guest, uh, we're going to go ahead and let you go first. I right, thank you so much. Well, um, okay, so. Gen Con, wow, that's a that's like six cons ago for me at this point. <laughs> um, but um, I, I had a lot of fun at Gen Con. I ran um, I ran a mix of regular Dungeon Crawl Classics events and X Crawl events, and um, it was the right before Gen Con is when um, Joseph um, let me know that going forward I had the green light to go with the Dungeon Crawl Classics rules for X-Crawl. So um, I basically, every convention, every game I had at um, at uh, Gen Con, I, before, before we sat down, I asked the players, so listen, would you guys mind if I ran this in um, using the DCC rules instead? And everybody said yes. So actually, oh, like, cool. I, I, you know, like, you know, this was like, I had like, like a week, so um, I I just off the cuffed it. That, that's the, one of the beautiful things about um, DCC is that um, it's very easy to off the cuff. So I just ran I ran the same adventure. I just used the DCC rules and I used um, DCC characters that I had brought for another event and uh, like you know my pregens. 
and uh, everybody was cool about it. We had a great, great, great time. Um, it was really my, one of my big memories is that it was very loud in there, and uh, my poor hearing. You know, I could barely hear myself talk in the official uh, Gen Con uh, DCC room, which it was awesome to have. It was great to have a headquarters, but yeah. I just couldn't hear myself because my, my hearing so bad. So we moved out, and first we were playing in this little like table that was like set behind a pillar um, out in the actual hotel. But then we moved to a bar. There was this bar there, <laughs> and I just ran <laughs> like I got to run at the bar for all these people, and that was. One of the best experiences. I loved that, like being able to kind of like walk back and forth and see character sheets and dice and everything on the table, you know, and like and nice. have like kind of a bar setting. Oh, it was fantastic. So I had a great, uh, I had a great Gen Con. I had, a, I've had, uh, really, it's been a good, it's been a very good con season for me across the board. I ran a lot of DCC, um, including games with uh, lots of people here at this t- on this recording right now. It was wonderful. So, <laughs> yep. Good times. So, Job, you and I haven't played. I think the last time we played was actually two Gen Gary Cons Con 2015. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, two Gen Cons ago. Gen yeah. Con 2015. Yeah, with my um, daughter. We did that late, that, that, yeah, the after, after hours game. And now I'm actually running that adventure as in at five points. And that's like been like, like that was like, I think the kickoff um, improv game for that was that night. Oh, and nice. Since then, um, yeah, so you were, you were there for the inception of that. Um, and your daughter, your daughter played. That was, uh, Super fun. Yeah, that was a blast. I, yeah, we had Dak. I think we had Alex Mayo there too. Yeah, we had a big crew. Um, I don't remember who all was there. We, sh- I, you know, and look, I was actually I wanted to mention it tonight, but I looked through my pictures. I could not find a pic of it. Um, so I don't think we had a picture of it. But man, that was a no, great, I got one. great night. I got one. I'll, I'll oh, dig do? it up. Yeah, yeah, I'll dig it oh, up. Oh, you gotta send me that. Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, that was a blast. Oh, this year, I didn't yeah. see you at, at all. I, I texted you one time. Oh, no, I saw you at breakfast one day, but I yeah, never yeah, gained. Yeah. And I texted you. I was like, hey, what are you doing? And then you're like, <laughs> like too far away from me. Yeah, yeah. We were we were kind of uh, – we were a little bit away from the re- regular – from everybody else off the beaten path. And I really did like – yeah, I kind of, I kind of scheduled myself to the absolute maximum, and then I lost my voice, um, and uh, didn't oh, yeah. feel well. So I, uh, I actually um, had to sit out, and I got, um, I got Big Tim to run a game for me. Um, yeah, my Sunday morning game, um, and my Saturday, actually my Saturday night after game too. And everybody said he was fantastic. So, big up Tim, thank you. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, all right, you guys. As the second coolest person on the on the episode today, uh, Julian, you can go ahead and uh, tell us what you've been doing. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Um, so, yeah, the last uh, – I've been running my uh, DCC kind of home campaign here off and on for the last, gosh, about th- three years. It's been very sporadic because I, I've gotten uh, – the more I've been running at conventions, the more I've – had to kind of take time off and uh, play test things. Uh, both my my little product Nowhere City that um, that I published in July just before Gen Con, but also uh, but also just other homebrew stuff I wrote or other adventures like Dungeon Battle Brooklyn and X Crawl that um, Woo-hoo. Yeah. that I uh, that I run at conventions. So you know, trying to give those a play test with my pretty obliging uh, home crew. So anyway, I uh, got back and ran like for the home campaign last uh, Sunday, and that was that was just fun to kind of see the guys uh, around the table in their sort of regular persona, and uh, we had, we had, we had fun with that. And then of course, just a couple weeks before that was Game Hole Con, 
And uh, that was, oh, I just had a blast. I mean, running X-Crawl, running uh, my Nowhere City game where, where Jen and Bob and uh, a couple of my home crew, John and Tim, were there as well as Meredith and uh, Jason um, that, Foster. That was a lot of fun. That, that was just tremendous. They were, they were, that was a super fun table. Uh, and then uh, ran Teagle Manor on Saturday night there. And oh. that was just, that was awesome. I, I just love that adventure so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to run it at every con ever. I, I just, uh, <laughs> I think it's because it's always surprising me. So, and then, you know, and then I ran a bunch of games at Gen Con. I, I just, I really want to come for Brendan and overtake him as the most hardcore. That's like scaling Everest. I mean, I don't even know how you. <laughs> I don't know. Baby, baby steps here. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't even know. But, but I, I aspire to that. So you never know, Brandon. I'm coming for you. You know what? <laughs> that sounds like fantastic. Like bring that. You know, bring that. Yeah. And like you know, keep me hyped up. Give me something to, you know, to 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 then have to counter shoot for it and be like, oh yeah, well, you know, I love it. <laughs> you're, you're gonna have to run games on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> And I buy a ticket for that. that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, Gamer I was playing? Say that, that, that counts as a public game, right? We get Red Crew credit for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll throw you some bonus swag if you can get a stewardess to roll dice. And if you get a pilot to jump in, I don't even know. You know, if you're going to put I, yourself in at risk like that, you know what I'm saying? That's just, you know. Uh, yeah, that's a little hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, um, I was just at UConn, and um, I, Bill Webb ran teagle manor um with the using swords and wizardry and it was the first time i ever got to play that adventure and it was super fun i got jumped in for like an hour before i went to bed one night it was so great i i would uh i would love to actually run in it and and actually or play in it i should say and and it would be so great because i don't think knowing it back and i'm starting to really get to know it well and i don't even think that it would help much you know, like, <laughs> I don't think it would be cheating. It's so messed up. Anyway. And the- I mean, actually, a funny story is Bill Webb lives like in the next town over from me. I could like get oh, in the no car kidding. and drove over there in 20 minutes. Oh, nice. You should do I that more often. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Jen, uh, what have you been doing in gaming? Yeah. Um, well, if we're going to pop back to Gen Con like Brendan did there, um, I actually didn't get to play anything except for like one little after hours deal at Gen Con. So that was nice and easy. Uh, (laughs) See, there's my recap. Oh, but I did get like the best name badge ever. And, you know, I I will treasure the Judge Jen name badge and and wear it every time I judge locally and be the the ultimate dork. Um, Julian, I'm sure you can relate with this. I I love I love that little tag. It's (laughs) it's just it's 10 kinds of awesome. My wife yeah. just sees me take it out, and you know, before a game, and she just kind of rolls her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I did pick up one of the fancy schmancy uh, lunch boxes, which mm. fit the tubes of mm. dice perfectly. Uh, and I, I actually got to uh, run a table of rat snake. After Hours, one of those nights. That's the gambling game that Mike Curtis wrote up. A little bit intimidating. I've never before had to explain the mechanics of a game to people like Harley Stroh. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Did you talk slowly? 
<laughs> I, I used little words, yes. Hand gestures help with him, I've heard. <laughs> Crayons. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, your words, not mine. Um, but that that was a good time. Um, over at Game Hall Con, you know, I think my favorite part of that was getting to play in the different settings. You know, I'd never actually played in Crawling Under a Broken Moon before, so getting to play that with nice. Reed, the guy that wrote yeah. it, yeah, uh, you know, much like having Forrest run uh, Beyond the Silver Scream, mm. you know that that was really good. Um, this this Julian guy ran X Crawl. I don't I don't know. Oh, I hear he's I hear he's awesome. It, it was a, a really great time. <laughs> there was actually a player in that game who had never played DCC before or used the DCC rules, and he was oh, probably nice. the most into it at, he, out of all of us at the table. He was an X Crawl guy who came who was a Pathfinder X Crawl guy, which we'll talk about when we get into it with Brendan, but. Sure. Um, but yeah, he. I think he was. He was playing the wizard, and he was totally digging it. And I, I got to give uh, full props to Dan Glover, the winner of the Rodneys. Mm-hmm. And we had a, a great time hanging out with him and and talking about our old stomping grounds with him. Um, on the home front, we've recently got a couple sporadic games set up that other people are running, like Star Wars and Rogue Trader. So it's a little something that we don't have to think too much about in between games. Um, the first Ed game here at home, I think we're on Q1 now. Oh, Bob will correct me on that, I'm sure. And we just wrapped up this weekend. We wrapped up the uh, campaign playtest that we've he's been running for DCC Lankmar. And yeah, it's, you know, the campaign... Excuse me. The campaign play is so much different. It's so far removed from all of the convention games. You know, you see a ton of them out there, but you get this one character, and well, yeah, you guys know you're gonna spell burn everything. You're gonna blow your stats to hell because there's no repercussions. You're not coming back to that character, and so we were able to find quite a few things that were like. Oh, the rules don't allot for this or this or this, and oh, maybe we should think about you know maybe inserting a little caveat here or there for the for the people who are going to be playing on a campaign basis. And sure. yeah, it's it's been pretty cool. I've I've gotten so into it that I actually signed up to run a couple Lankmar games at GaryCon next year. Oh, killer! Yeah. Awesome. All right, Job, your turn. Give it up, Job. Okay, so uh, let's see. Gen Con, um, I don't know, did ran some games, did some panels. I had the, I had the saddest game of the, of the con, I think. Share. I, uh, the, you know, they had the cool Goodman room, which was too loud. But uh, I came in there, I couldn't find my table, and I was like, what the hell's going on? Couldn't find any players. And then this guy walks up, uh, John Salyer. I remember his name because he was the only guy that showed up for my game. He was like, oh, your game is actually a floor down in this, like, closet, triangular-shaped closet. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) What? Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. So I went down there. We sat there for, like, ten minutes talking. And I was like, no one's ever going to find this, you know? I was like, can you just sit here and I'll go up to the the room? So, But, you know, it's already been ten, fifteen minutes past the start of the game. So I went back up there and stood around waiting for people and... No one ever came, so. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I think I think no one could find it, so I just went Aww. back and, and 
uh, gave the dude a uh, like a tour of the current state of um, the Dying Earth uh, DCC stuff I was working on, nice. which he was pretty into. And then, and then we just walked the floor for like an hour and chatted and stuff. So he was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, Very now cool. Now we're friends on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> See, it could be worse, Joe. He could have asked for a refund. so that's my very sad gen con story and then i don't know you know just did a bunch of panels and worked booths and oh man i got i one thing i thought that was fun i i worked on the uh, lamentations of the flame princess booth and did a book signing over there and sweet uh, yeah met some of the other guys zach smith and uh crap i forgot the guy's name now kind of east european name uh, rag? You mean James? No, 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 some other guy. Hmm. Anyway, and, oh yeah, I met James too. That was cool, and he's coming yeah. back next year um, to to Gen Con. So awesome. Yep. Uh, okay, so we've got the pleasantries out of the way. Let's uh, you know summon email. You've got mail. <laughs> message for you, sir. Summon email. All right, Jen, grab that mailbag and summon summon them summon them and them us up some emails. Humana, humana, humana. <laughs> oh, the first one, well, you know he's not going to disappoint us. We've got one from DM Kojo. Kojo! Oh, yeah, I read this one. It's a really, really good email. I, I wonder why. <laughs> he writes... Burners, I just wanted to write in with a report regarding Job's excellent adventure, The One Who Watches From Below. It is one of my favorite modules to run, and I have run it for four different groups. Most recently, one of the groups from my middle school lunch club took a shot at it. The module has certainly been fairly deadly for my groups in the past, and so I have little hope that this group would fare any better. After all, this is the group that got to keep this got to the keep in Sailors on the Starless Sea and split into five different groups to enter the keep from all directions at once. The group is very chaotic, to say the least. (laughs) Anyway, they actually survived quite well, despite their best efforts, including the endgame. No former party has escaped the end of this adventure unscathed. Although it isn't a Tomb of Horrors-level TPK encounter, it is definitely a killer, especially when the party doesn't know when to run away. Considering their risky decision-making, the party managed to defeat the big bad evil, something no other party has even come close to doing. This was thanks to two magic, uh, two massive magic missile blasts and one mighty deed that rolled a critical hit. The adventure continues to be fun every time that I run it. Thanks for your hard work writing it, Job. DM Kojo. Outstanding. So yeah, Brendan, it's it's written in my contract whenever we have other writers on that that uh, there's some fluff emails that are read before. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's clever. <clears throat> <done>. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's high praise though. And actually, like, um, <laughs> I had I just played with Kojo for the first first time uh, at least recently at um, UConn this year, and uh, ooh, uh, they did they played uh, played X crawl with me, DCC X crawl. They did a fantastic job, but oh, he kind of got his uh, cleric kind of got zapped there at the end, so he might not have some nice words for me. But uh, but he was a great player, and I played with him and his son <laughs> for a while. Both of them were, were just outstanding. Yeah, I saw the pictures on that. Yeah, that was killer. UConn uh, cool. was a really good time. I really enjoyed that. Um, 
and uh, I got to I saw a lot of folks who don't go to to um, to uh, Gen Con anymore, but still make it out there. So I mm-hmm. saw a lot of like, like folks I hadn't seen in years. That was very very cool. So it was a good time. Yeah. And I have to say, I also agree with him that um, uh, one who watches from below is amazing and uh, (laughs) one of my all-time favorite DCT adventures. So there you go. Thanks. You've got a couple other adventures. We could pander to you a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Uh, All right. Now I'm getting embarrassed. Okay. (laughs) So thank you so much for the email, Kojo. You can write emails like that anytime. uh, Yeah. So we got, I'll, we got, I'll even read them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, all Jen, right. can you reach back into that bag? Yeah. Uh, we've got one more here that um, admittedly it's from uh, a, a little bit ago. Uh, but we privately addressed the gist of his email. But there was a lot. Uh, there was an important part that needs to be read. This comes from Lee Brown. And he said, I know there have been a lot of requests for actual play podcasts, but I personally love the small gaming segments you do in the regular shows to demonstrate rules, as you did for spell duels. I'd love to see more of that. Roll up quick characters to tackle your own or listeners, custom monsters and traps. Keep up the great work, and as a chemist, I demand the term phlogiston is mentioned at least once an episode. Cheers! And Judge Lee. <laughs> so, thank you, Lee. We, we shall make it a point. You know, don't fall into the phlogiston. And, yeah, yeah I, I, I really like that, that idea, just rolling up the quick characters and, you know, even... Julian and I were talking that maybe that's something we could tackle in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. I have always wanted to do an actual play podcast. I've never had the opportunity. You should start one. I, I hear volunteer right there. Uh, I wish I had. I, I mean, look, here's the thing. Wow, thanks I for volunteering, come... man. That was great. That's great. Hey, if you guys, if you guys organize it, I will absolutely run a uh, a game for you guys on podcast. But like, if I actually, if I actually had to like figure out all of the back things to to, to make a podcast actually happen, <laughs> oh oh no no that would not uh, that would not uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I do not think I would be good at that. No, we. Phlogiston, I just looked it up, is a substance supposed by 18th century chemists to exist in all combustible bodies and to be released in combustion. So, phlogiston. Oh, man. We got to learn on this episode? (laughs) (laughs) It's driving me nuts. (laughs) All right. Well, DM Lee, thank you so much for that email. We got any uh, one more for uh, the listeners, Jen? Sure. This one comes from John Williams. He says, I'm really digging playing a thief, but my judge is really strict about using, allowing me to use the thief's backstab ability. We have a general disagreement on the conditions in which a thief can use that ability. I read the book as when attacking a target from behind or when the target is unaware to mean that if combat is actively engaged, I should be able to move behind a target and attempt to backstab, even if the target is aware of my character. My judge says no target would let their back open to a thief, even if they are surrounded by three other players, even though mathematically their back would be exposed to someone. 
So he generally only allows me to backstab when the target is unaware of my thief altogether. I find this somewhat limiting, but abide my judge's rulings. I guess my question is, under what circumstances would you allow a thief to use their backstab skill? Is there anything you'd suggest my judge might accept as an argument for backstabbing during active combat where enemies are aware that the thief is there? And how do you work out backstab skill with ranged attacks? Would you allow a backstab with a ranged attack all the way out to its highest range bracket? Thanks. Signed, Thief with a Lonely Blackjack. <laughs> okay, so Brendan, you want to tackle kind of the first the first part of his question there? Uh, you know, sh- should this, this DM allow the thief to do the backstabs uh, as often as the player would like? No, I don't think so. Um, nothing but love, uh, but um, my understanding of it from from reading it and from and from the time I played a thief in Joseph's game, um, that backstab has to be when you know what I'm saying like, ooh, and wasn't that a wasn't that a rough eighteen minutes? Um, <laughs> actually, Mike and Mike Curtis also killed another one of my thieves at another another point. Um, but uh, that was because I was sneaking around. I thought I was tough, but uh, uh, yeah, I okay. I, I I'll want to go back and take a look, but my understanding as read is that um, that has to be done from surprise when they're not aware that you're there, and um, therefore you can you know if you want to do it in combat, what I what I tell people to do is spend around telling you know have them describe to me how they're going to do it, spend around um, uh, like sneaking like you know. You know, like I, I run behind the curtain and, and get lost in the combat, and then I, you know, I, I stealth up to him and go for a backstab. That is always acceptable, but just like you know, there's another game where you can just get on the other side of a player and just keep stabbing and stabbing and get all and the backstabs. Flank. Like that's yeah, yeah, that's we. Well, that's not us. Um, and ranged <laughs> attacks. I don't think you can ever do a, a backstab as a ranged attack. Not in. I mean, am I wrong? Um. Uh, I, I might allow it. I mean, uh, I, I would, I, I don't know if, if, uh, I don't, if a sneaky thief has a good, you know, has set himself up for an awesome ambush and he's sitting there with his bow and his arrow knocked and the guy's coming around the corner. I, I don't know. I, I mean, he still has to make a two hit roll, right? I mean, sure. yeah, I, I think I'd allow it. But the, you know. the thing about backstabs in DCC is that if you succeed with that, you automatically get a crit success. Yeah. And yeah, I so, don't know that I would go with a, a critical yeah. success on a ranged. I mean, it would really depend on the circumstances, you know, I think. I, I've always thought that, you know, th- that ranged attacks are um, able to, to do a backstab with because... Um, if you look, there's some of the ranged weapons, like the blowgun has a, you know, has the the backstab damage um, listed. Like if you look oh. at the blowgun, um, yeah, the blowgun has 1d3 damage or, okay. you know, slash 1d5. So hmm. yeah, then, I was yeah. totally, then, then I was totally wrong about that. And you can definitely backstab. Yeah. I mean, at the very least you can with the blowgun. So I, I, I think, think I, I think if a guy's coming around the corner and you're there with a longbow, and you hit that guy from 20 feet away. You know he's. You're going to get a pretty open shot at that guy, and he. You know he doesn't even know. Oh, I mean, it's going to be brutal. It's a critical for sure. And in fact, it's it's. If he doesn't know you're there, you're going to hit him worse than with a sword. I don't think because you'd have to be right up in his face for that, or at least a step it, behind. Tangentially, uh, you know, oh, if oh. someone was backstabbing with a ranged weapon and missed. Uh, 
Would you apply that backstab to uh, if they hit a, uh, another ally within <laughs> within <laughs> melee range? Yeah. <laughs> ally, oh. absolutely. No. Oh. Oh, roll that 50%. Yeah. I would. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, I don't so know. I, I, That's I, a great question. I, I guess I'm just stuck in the, well, I get a D10 damage off the bat with my dagger if I succeed, and I, I guess that's where I was coming from. So, yeah, okay, Julian, you've changed my mind on something already. There you go. Yeah, you attack. Yeah, I'm, I'm solid on um, hand, on a backstep having to be against an unaware opponent. They specifically have to be unaware, um, so it can't be in the middle of a fight. Um, you know, you know a fight's going on. But um, if, if I was if I, if I you know if I was wrong about ranged attacks, well then you know um, can, if you can do it with a, if you can do it with a blow with a uh, blow gun, then obviously range attacks are permissible. Um, but I think you'd have to come up with a, a a reasonable range. I mean, like you know. You know, 100 yards or, you know, I, I don't know that uh, you could do precision damage from that, you know, that kind of length, no matter how unaware they were of you. Yeah. Yeah. That, he did yeah, put that in this question. He's the asking, end. It says, would you allow a backstab with a range attack all the way out to its highest range bracket? Yeah. So see, for bows we're talking about, what do we got here? A dagger would be 30 feet, a blowgun, 60 feet, crossbow, 240 feet, um, longbow, 210 feet. I mean, you've got to have a really good, sharp eye to hit that in the first place. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say yes. I mean, I, again, you it, the situation, it's situational, right? To some it degree. is situa- it's always situational in DCC. But um, if everything, you know, if this character really, it's more like an assassination attempt, right? I mean, you're, you're like 200 you, you know, feet or whatever it is away from this guy. Obviously, he can't know you're there. And you're pegging this guy with a longbow. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're. I, I, I would if you can actually manage the hit roll, um, which is like two dice down at that point, right? Is it one die down or two dice down at long range? Yeah, I was, I was trying to one, flip through, minus yeah, one something die. Like yeah. <laughs> but you're on a sixteen, right? But you got luck to burn because you're yeah. a thief. You're, but you're shooting on a sixteen, and you know. Uh, I would, I would probably do it. I'm, you guys, you're gonna find out. I'm a, I'm a player's GM a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna try to hide it. Uh, you know, I'm. If it's really, if it's cool and it makes the game fun and makes DCC awesome, I'm gonna. I, I like to try to allow that stuff. I mean, you know, within reason, right? Yeah, and, okay, and that's under. Fair. And under circumstances, in the heat of the moment at the table, if, if, if it sounds good, someone describes it to me really well, I let all kinds of crazy things slip by, you know? Yeah, um, you but do. I, want, I, <laughs> I, I absolutely do. I don't care. I want a good story, and I want it to be fun, and I want it to be exciting, you know? Um, you know, I mean, you know. <laughs> sounds like you have an example there, Jen. <laughs> oh, me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, just, it, just a couple of... Uh... What was it? Uh, the the rat god and yeah. <laughs> the rat god. Oh, the, uh, the yeah, the rat priest thing from yeah, uh, from, from the uh, end. Yeah. 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 That that oh, that was you mean as far as what their what their powers are. Oh no! I mean, um, as far as the thief, yeah, he was just moving in shadows all the way up and. Managed to get in that brilliant back attack. Yeah, it was killer. 
But see, he that was he you know he described it well, and I thought it was reasonable there in the shadowy light of the corridor. Yeah, I thought that was uh was it was you know it was good DCC action, you know. And and it was within reason. Absolutely within reason. So. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, there you have it, John. I'm I'm sorry we don't have better news for you, but yeah, they they do kind of have to be unaware of you. Actually, one last point is, uh, you know, just in in favor of the 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 ranged backstab at at long range. I mean, you're getting a one shot at it anyway, right? I mean, the the guy's only going to be unaware yeah. of the first uh, crossbow bolt that comes flying across his uh, his view or hits him in the back. You know, then he knows yeah. you're there. So yeah. I don't think it's too too overpowered to let let someone do that. It's uh, yeah, that seems fair. It's almost like it's all that would almost be like the old AD&D assassination role, right? Mm. You know, where you're just you've laid it all out and you get your one percentile shot to execute based on the, your level and the modifiers and stuff. I mean, because a critical long range is pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, it could be. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, and you, you do have the die penalty on top of it, so. All right, so I think we uh, can stick a fork in this topic, preferably in the back. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see what you did Move there. on into <laughs> Mighty Deeds. Wait a second. I have an idea. That's plenty for the both of us. I move for no man. <laughs> Ow. Mighty Okay, we're here in Mighty Deeds, and uh, we're ready to get down and dirty with Brendan LaSalle, writer and game designer, best known as the creator of X-Crawl, and uh, he's written for Dungeon Crawl Classics, uh, you know, uh, plenty of Goodman Games products, Panda Head Publishing, Fat Dragon, or did you, you wrote for Fat Dragon, right? Yeah, I've done some intro stuff for them, and... um... Yeah, I, I've done some writing for them. Uh, for them, I, I wrote. Uh, <laughs> a, there's a trap book that I, I worked on them for those uh, for Fat Dragon. Love those guys. They're wonderful. Awesome. Yeah, I know. I think I've seen you at their booth before at Gen yeah. Con. Yeah, for you know, for um, for years and years, there was there was a gap there where um, uh, Goodman Games wasn't going to Gen Con anymore. And Tom got in touch with me and was like, "Hey, I'll see you at Gen Con this year." I'm like, "I can't make it. I don't have a sponsor. I can't afford it." So he let me um, work his booth and like. Uh, crash with him and the fat dragon guys which was fantastic so i did that for years and years and uh ooh, i have <laughs> so many stories about uh, hanging out and working with those guys they're they're a great bunch and uh, i recommend their products to everyone nice. okay so we're gonna go back to our you know our generic intro question that we ask all of our guests pretty much and that is how did you get your game your start in gaming or your game and starting whichever you want to answer is fine <laughs> okay sure <laughs> Um, yeah, when I was I was a kid, I was seven years old, um, and uh, my parents w- took us to California to visit with some of their friends who were there. They were in California for a year on sabbatical, and um, their son had picked up the um, I always forget what they call it, but the uh, like the the blue bot, the blue set with the the wizard and fighter on the cover fighting against the. Uh, fighting the dragon over his horde. And um, he introduced me to it. And um, we had like, it was actually, 
it's, it's no wonder that I'm still playing today and I'm in the industry because the introduction for it was so like he did. And I'm, you know, as kids, we were both seven, the introduction adventure he ran was just amazing where it was like, I was this little homeless kid in New York city, like walking around and, you know, I had no money and no food, but I found this porthole and like, you know, I, w- I stepped through the porthole as I was being chased by the police and I found myself in this fantastic land where, you know, suddenly I was a ranger and I had a weapon and I had, we had an adventure. And so it was, it absolutely captured my imagination. So we started then. Um, and then like the, the year, I guess a year after that, we moved from one part of New York to another part of New York. And, um, I joined, I joined Boy Scouts and, uh, my Boy Scout pack was playing at that point. Um, they actually were playing, they actually had the AD and D books. So, um, I started very, you know, I got, you know, heavily into it, um, at a very young age and, uh, you know, like, I, I, I don't think I've ever really had, um, I've had, uh, more than like, you know, I don't know, maybe like a few months, like I've gone a few months without playing, but not much longer than that. Cool. And and were you just as energetic about it as you are these days? (laughs) I, I'm sorry. Energetic is too kind of a word. Uh, fanatic, <laughs> frenetic, <Okay>. maybe. <laughs> uh, you know, I think uh, I've always been an enthusiastic GM. Uh, maybe not like I like I am today, but um, but uh, yeah, I, I think um, when I started, when I really got into being GM, um, when I really started. Um, like getting serious about it was uh, I discovered a game called Villains and Vigilantes. And um, I remember coming across it at the old Waterloo Hobbies on Long Island and uh, thinking to myself, oh my gosh, there's a role-playing game where you can play superheroes? So um, <laughs> suddenly, like I, I, at that point, I was playing with older kids. And one of the older kids was always our always our dungeon master. And um, But I came back and like I learned that system and I was like, all right, guys, you know, we should play some superheroes and Villains and Vigilantes. Um, and that's that's when you're actually playing, you know, actually playing superheroes. I got really, I don't know, I got really excited about it. And, uh, but it was, I don't know. I, I would say that I've developed my style. I've always tried to play enthusiastically and I've always tried to make it, um, you know, uh, a kind of a, I don't know, performance, but, um, it, it, that's developed over time. Definitely. So I got to say, Brendan, you're one of my, uh, favorite GMs. Uh, not gonna. I'm not just blowing sunshine. I've, I mean, from <laughs> from the Pathfinder, I played in a X crawl Pathfinder game way, way, way back when. But oh, many D, may, many DCC games. I think that was the first game of yours I played in. Um, was that Pathfinder X crawl, yeah. and it was just yeah. tremendous fun. But but the uh, what I'm leading up to here is you got to run some V and V sometime. We gotta we gotta get that. <laughs> On the books, off the books, I don't. But that would be so fun. I mean, I, I that would just be awesome. I'd love to try I would that. Love to. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm a little rusty, but um, you know what? Like somewhere in my gaming things, I have like a four inch stack of uh, villains and vigilantes bad guys that I would make up. Um, I, uh. I, I will say that I'm I'm a little obsessed with making up characters for any system, you know. And like, if you were to like like just like raid my office you would find like a hundred notebooks and someone would just be would just be full of characters that i would make up and then never use for anything but like for villains vigilantes you know you, you know you need those bad guys you know what i mean so um like there are a few published adventures but for me 
the real fun was making up bad guys and thinking of their schemes and what they would do and then putting them up against uh, against my hero teams. And um, yeah, I'll I'll definitely play some. You know, it is not hard to talk me into playing some villains and vigilantes. I promise you that. (laughs) (laughs) How long ago did you last play that? VNV. The last time I played VNV, I mean, it's been oh gosh, um, the eighties. It was certainly the eighties. Wow. Um, Let's say yeah, eighty nine or so. Um, There was a point where I was when I came when I when I went off to college in eighty. Eight um, villains and vigilantes was the only game that I brought with me um, because it was Jeez. one book. It was, it was really easy to, to transport, you know. Yeah. So um, I brought it there. I made a mil- that was when I made all those characters. I made like a hundred photocopies of the of the <laughs> characters right at the back of the book on the university dime when I used to work for the library. Sorry, sorry, I did that. <laughs> um, and, um, whenever I had a spare minute, I would sit around and uh, make up. Uh, villains vigilantes bad guys and like i had this whole like total random system like i would roll randomly which table like you know you, that that the vnv roll randomly for your powers and you roll randomly to see well you, you you can choose what table you want but i would roll randomly for what table for what level <laughs> of villain i had for you know every specific there i would do randomly and then just kind of see what i i came up with and such so when i came back from college we played villains and vigilantes for one last summer and then we all moved on, to, and we actually to to, to champions um, for playing with superheroes. And um, a lot of my villains, vigilantes, bad guys. I remember spending one glorious summer. I love, I love transferring characters from from system to system. I just love it. Um, so I remember like <laughs> taking a lot of VNV. Like my the the, the if I was going to run you know my champions game today, I would still be using some of those old villains and vigilantes villains that i made up in 88 you know nice Um, nice and so uh so yeah i think the last time we played when we discovered champion champions is is an amazing system for um for superhero combat and um it's a lot more balanced that's one of the things villains vigilantes is more like comic books because we can make up characters who's played vnv this one just a couple times but it is more old school it's it harkens back to a little yeah. more like you can just be first level dudes and turn around and there's a red dragon type thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right? Or, or even within it, even within a team, you know, um, you and I can roll up characters right next to each other, and just by the luck of the draw drawer, you know, you could have like one power and I could be Superman, you know? Um, but that's realistic in the comic books, you know? Somebody yeah. is Superman and somebody is Vibe or Black Canary. <laughs> Or, you know, one of these, like, one-trick superheroes who are still great characters and a lot of fun, but, you know, but just for... Totally, and this is, this is a DCC thing that I'm kind of getting into with the community, because there's guys whose parties are, like, three fourth-level characters, and four zeros, and two first-levels, <laughs> and, I mean, it's almost oh. like that, right? It's like the Hulk and Hawkeye, and, or whatever. I mean, so guys, I'm a huge comics geek, and we probably can't... Brendan, you and I have to, you know, we have to nerd out with comics at some point. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, that I, the lack of balance is, uh, I think it's a, it is much more like a V&V thing. Um, you could kind of do that in Marvel TSR game too, but it's an old school thing, kind of in its in its heart. Sure, sure. It was before before we really got obsessed with game balance as a as a tribe, you know. Um, <laughs> 
So, which cool. we're, I mean, I would say at this point we're a little bit post game balance in a lot of ways, which is beautiful and makes for much better stories, I think, overall. Um, but yeah, I uh, I'll definitely run some VNV at some point if you ever feel like it. Super old school, a lot That'd of fun. So, so I have a question for you. What, what, um, so it, and I'm going to start with one of my favorite anecdotes. As I mentioned already, I, I go to my first Gen Con, I get off the airplane. <laughs> I don't know anybody. I didn't come with my friends. I don't, I have one friend here who I have to try to track down, like, you know, whenever I can find him, he's busy. And I, I go down to the sad cab stand there. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm super psyched, right? And I'm gaming all freaking four days. I'm just psyched as hell. And I'm, I get in there, and there's one dude standing there, and he's like, oh, you want to split a cab? I'm like, yeah, yeah, because I'm broke. And so we split a cab, <laughs> and um, we get in there, and we're sitting in the cab. And, you know, so, oh, I'm Julian. Oh, yeah, I'm Brendan. You know, like, oh, yeah, well, that's cool. What do you, you know, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, well, I, I do some writing for, for Goodman Games and Dungeon Crawl Classics. Oh yeah, really? Because I I've been you know I was just at the game store and I bought this adventure. It was really nutty. It was like <laughs> like high level thing with like thirteenth to fifteenth <laughs> level, and it had this bizarre thing with these space eggs. And you go in the eggs and you go into space and you there's a space turtle. Up there. I mean, Brendan, I don't even remember, but I was explaining it to you. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah. I wrote that freaking adventure. Yeah. And I was like, seriously, guys, I'm like. I'm like, really? And yeah, it was it, it was so ridiculous to, to have that converse. But it, the, like Gen Con has always kind of been like that. It was it was wait, just wait, awesome. What is that one? Is that um, is that an old DCC uh, like in the in the, That is old uh, three point three point yeah, or three point five or something like uh, that. edition in, in the yeah, belly yeah. of the Great Beast, yeah. And uh, yeah. It's, it's the it's the only it's actually for twenty third level characters. It's the only epic <laughs> level DCC adventure um that's that that's out there so yeah that that i bought to just read because i knew i would never <laughs> ever run anything like that but i just i loved the look and feel of those old three five dcc event you know because they were so great looking obviously the formatting so old school um yeah that was a that was a ton of fun so so kind of segue from there brendan to like you were so you're writing stuff in the three x era and so tell us about how you got involved. You went from a crazy V&V guy to, you know, <laughs> uh, writing games with Mr. Goodman. Uh, okay, well, the quick version is um, I was living in Seattle, and um, I had the idea for this, you know, mix-up um, adventure game. I wanted to do something that would be... What I really wanted was something that would just go along with my personal play style, you know, and that would let me really kind of, and I, you know, I, for lack of a better term, sort of Brendan out um, at the table. Um, <laughs> and I, yeah, you know, it's worthy of a laugh, but it's true. Um, so, you know, I made up X-Crawl and X-Crawl kind of let me do all of the things that I wanted to do with a role-playing game. You know, it cut out a lot of the things about role-playing games that made me insane. Um, you know, like spending a whole session trying to figure out how to get treasure from a dungeon back to town, you know, uh. or, 
you know, yeah. like you could just lose your mind. And, and here's the thing for a traditional role playing game, that kind of resource management is a really important part of it. You know, if you don't put those kind of obstacles in there, like, you know, figuring out yeah, how to get treasure back, how to how to find adventures. You know what I mean? If you if you don't leave that in, the game is suddenly unbalanced. You know, if you just decide, well, somehow magically the giant gold statue of Abilabubahoop that we found, you know, we just, we, we throw it in a backpack and it comes with us back to town and we get a million gold pieces and buy potions, you know, like it, 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 it ruins it. The story falls apart, you know, and I, I wanted to still have my story be good, but I also never wanted to have that discussion again. Um, and I also, I, a lot of my early D and D games were really marred with party infighting, you know, or even worse than yeah. that sometimes, I just I I have very little patience for that, and I also have very little patience for a guy. This used to happen to my old game a lot, and I I think it was part of my old crew, where someone would make up a character who just really wasn't that interested in adventures. It was almost like he would make up somebody, <laughs> and like he would I would have to I would have to bargain him into going and doing anything. You know, like oh my character doesn't feel like you know going to this place that follow this treasure map that the old man gave us and look for adventure. I think I'm going to stay in town and, you know, maybe see if I can. And it's like, Oh, please don't do this to me. You know? So, um, X crawl came out of all of that. Um, where, you know, it is your job to be a professional adventurer, you know, and it's, it's, you know, why do you go to the dungeon? That's what you do. It's, that's your, you know, that's everything that, you, that your character's about. And also, um, because of the mojo rules, it really, the mojo rules, um, reward, um, team play and it like after after a few sessions everyone's watching their teammates really carefully and it it feels more like a sports team because of that um and that was the feel i wanted i wanted it to be i, I didn't want adversarial you know i'm not an adversarial gm you know I'm, I'm you know i'm a storytelling gm i want i want a really good story at the end of the day if you all survive if you all live i want everyone to go home with a good story to tell and, right. and having had, had been really entertained, had had a really good time, you know. So um, uh, X Crawl was a, a let me do that in, in you know writ large. Um, it was my home campaign for two years, um, and then I moved back to Georgia, um, and I my friends were just starting Panda Head Publishing, and I said, hey, I have a game idea, let me come and run a demo for you, and I did, and uh, that was Panda Head became the first um, publisher ever to do anything with xcrawl and i was with them for several years and then when the panda head people moved on to other projects and out of role playing um i was kind of at loose ends with it for a while and then but i, I knew joseph at that point at that point i had met i was already a goodman games fan um i had uh, i had found a copy of bronchosaurus rex in the game store i used to work at and I was, <laughs> nice yeah and uh it, it, not only does it rule but it really is it, like the same kind of thing that X crawl is, which is American based fantasy for one. Okay. So it's like, it doesn't go to that English tradition of like castles and Kings and knights and dragons. Um, but it's very much an American thing, but it's also, um, it's also taking a really ridiculous premise and then treating it very seriously, you know, which is what yeah. most of us do, <laughs> you know, which I love. Um, and so I, I felt kind of a, before I ever met him, I was like, this guy is, you know, he knows what time it is. I like this fellow. So I, I, you know, fanboyed all over him the first time I met him. And uh, we, we saw each other a lot on the convention circuit. And then he lived in Atlanta. And we actually got together and played one time. Um, 
he he came and play tested another big adventure of mine, a big game concept of mine that never I never got to do anything with. Um, which oh maybe one day oh maybe one day, um, but um, we stayed in touch. And when um, he always liked X Crawl as well, and um, he was always like, yeah, I'd love to do something with it at some point. I'd love to, you know, do something with that with the with the genre. And eventually, he licensed X Crawl from uh, Panda Head and myself. And, um, and, that, and that led to me doing more and more work for um, for the DCCs, which I always really enjoyed working on. And um, when the when when you know the DCC rule set, when the actual DCC RPG came out, I was astounded. Like I like I went and I did, I did my first couple of playtests were actually with Joseph, and I was like, oh my gosh, what has he done? You know. Um, <laughs> so I basically begged until he let me write an adventure for him, and uh, I'm still doing it today. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned a word that kind of triggered something here. Um, you mentioned mojo. Yes. So that leads me to ask, with the DCC conversions, are you incorporating any new rules or mechanics like the fame or anything like that Yeah, um, for people I who want to do a campaign style? Um, yes, I am. There, there will still be fame rules. I'm still playing around with them. I wonder if, I don't know, you know, making this move um, to a more narrative system, you know, a part of me want, like, wants to say, I'm trying to say here, like the ultimate fame system would be no need for points at all. Although I love, I love getting people hyped up and I love what kind of like trying to earn fame points gets people to do mid crawl. You know, I love that, you know? Um, But I think I'm going to be more loose with how it works um, as as you level up. And that I'm still, like I said, I'm still playing, I'm, I'm play testing it right now and um i actually ran it twice at yukon and then had an amazing um discussion um over with it over my, with my friend shane harsh out there who um shane harsh from legend smith games one of the organizers of yukon um and uh, i've i've <laughs> you know i've been thinking a lot about it the mojo rules are going to stay more or less like they are they will be a bit more randomized um and i'm thinking about letting people spend mojo points on specific players to let them do amazing like specific character classes to let them do their specific amazing things and i, I like you know like let's say you know uh, okay here's a great example say you're um you're you're um your man from earlier with his uh wants to do his range backstab at a full at a full increment for a uh, longbow you know maybe you could spend a mojo point and let him do that and like th- like that point would only be in order to do that one particular thing Okay, um, so kind of like an action die, or or yeah, I'm still like I said, I'm yeah. still you know playing around with it. Um, but uh, I'm actually going back to Georgia in a week, and I'm going to get with my old playtest crew. They don't know it yet, but um, <laughs> they are getting ready to get the the. To, I'm going to do like a you know I had a I had a, I had a great playtest crew out there, and I'm going to really make them really see if we can work this. Uh, work some of my kinks out for what I want the DCC version of X-Crawl to be. What about the, uh, Brendan, what about the athlete class? Isn't there, in Pathfinder, wasn't there an athlete class? Yes. Um, yeah, actually, the path, the, the athlete class, um, and actually, um, the earliest incarnation of the athlete class came out in the um, 2015, um, uh, the, uh, the program guide, the Gen Con oh. program guide. That's, okay. yeah. So yeah. That's out there right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm 
right now, uh, there are going to be athletes, there are going to be blasters and specialists, um, and half works. Um, it's not X crawl cool. if you don't have half works. Cool. So there will be there will be new character classes out there to play with, and um, one of them will be the half work. So. Yeah, I, you know, I, I can't. Uh, I, I want it to be DCC rules, but I still I want to use the DCC rules to make this the very best version of X Crawl ever. Um, and in order to do that, that's going to mean me making up, changing some character classes, and messing around with the rules. I, you know, and um, I think um, I, I think it'll be as much a swing away from regular DCC as the Lankmar. You know the, the rules in Lankmar are for you know for for regular DCC. Does that make sense? You know I want yes. to be that yeah. much shit. It actually means that we should expect some sort of source book with these changes that you're proposing. Cross of for, oh yeah, for, yeah for, I'm, I'm working. On, I'm, yes, I am working on the full out. Um, we're calling it X Crawl Classics. Uh, I'm working on it now. <laughs> and um, what else? What else? What else would you call Love it? it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think um, that's it's 100% in the works right now. Um, I do have a question that inadvertently comes from our friend Troy Tucker. Um, oh, nice. He's he's the one that uh, I, I got to give him credit for starting a couple of fires under us last week. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't know it yet, but he has a question for you. Because um, I was just kind of chatting with him today and. He brought up something, uh, X-Crawl Apocalypse. Is that yeah. supposed to be a setting of its own, or would it just be yeah, its own crawl? Like a single adventure. <laughs> okay, so when I initially <laughs> thought of... <laughs> here is what had happened. What had happened was, um, when um, Joseph originally told me I want a version of DGC um, X-Crawl, I thought to myself, okay... How can I make a make a uh, a DCC game that would take place in an X crawl setting? And my answer to that was X crawl apocalypse. And for anyone who's pl- like a few, um, I don't know who's played with me. Julian, you played that, right? The the X crawl apocalypse. No, I don't think. No. Um, yeah, I ran it. I ran it for about a year at. Uh, I ran it at Gen Con. Um, and I ran it uh, at events up and down the coast and such. Um, and it, it was essentially, it was like, the idea was that it was after the fall of the world of X-Crawl. So it had a much more DCC-ish feel. But like, you had these uh, these uh, sorcerer kings who had like risen up from the ashes, who were putting the world back together. And they decided, um, they decided that the way to go was to... Um, they were going to wag the dog. They were going to they going to bring back the greatest creation of the ancients, which was X crawl, of course, because duh. And um, <laughs> use that like once once they once they brought X crawl back, then civilization would somehow come along and like you know wagging its tail. So um, I did run that. I ran it as a full character, like I had a character funnel adventure where the players became they were they started off as slave gladiators. Um, they were thrown into the pits and they fought their way through. You know. You know, it, it was it was as if you had to do X crawl with like you know Flintstones technology, um, you know, and um, you know, and well, really, it was more like if you were going to do X crawl during um, Another Barbarian age. You know what I mean? It had that feel to it because I love Another Barbarian, um, and I had a lot of. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> I know, right? It's a oh, how could you not? Um, so you know, 
uh, it had that feel to it. Um, and that was when I was really trying to I was really trying to monkey X crawl into DCC. And at some point, I decided it would be more fun for me personally to monkey DCC around and make X crawl. If that makes sense. Yeah, okay. yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. So um, that is uh, that's the difference. So will I ever do something with DCC with X crawl apocalypse? Yes, I actually um, I had a dream about X crawl apocalypse recently, um, and I was <laughs> oh, I had such a funny idea for an adventure. Um, uh, in that I, it has to happen at some point. So um, I might, I'm, that might be usually every year I come up with one convention after game, like a just in case game. You know, mm. I ever, I'm always trying to get people to play with me at a bar or something at a convention. It, it just just, a, just in case you only ran 15 games at a con. I know, you, right? Well. You need another two to four hours, right? Just in case I needed two more hours. But here's the thing. How often do you get to a convention when you could spend all your time focused on gaming? It happens yeah. not enough. So when I'm there, you know, I mean, I get it. You know, you want to you wanna hang out and socialize. You want to walk to the dealer's room. But to me, you know, you know, given my druthers, I'll tell you, Mike, like, I have, I, you know, I don't know, like the perfect job for me would be somehow I would go in the morning with my briefcase. I would run games all day long and then come home to my wife. You know, like that would be like the perfect life for me. You know? um, <laughs> and you, know, you kind I, of I just, do. I kind of do, but now I, but like, except I spend a lot of nights in a hotel curled up next to Tom Tullis, you know, <laughs> getting what sleep one can in um, such circumstances, you know. Um, but, or David uh, Beatty, yeah. Or, or good old Dave Beatty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and thanks again for letting me crash. They're talking about um, a game hall this They let me crash. Um, Sunday night, which was, uh, uh, you know, which saved me from an evening's homelessness. So uh, I'm very grateful. Dude, it was cold. Uh, that would have been rude. It was cold. I, you know what I was going to do? I was going to go crash in the airport. I'd done that before. Like, just go and find my gate and just sit there until my flight left, which, uh, you know, yuck. Uh, yeah. um, so thanks again. That was, uh, it was much, oh. much, much nicer. You know, uh, I had a very. Don't mention it. Yeah, I had a, uh, a very gabby cab driver at six in the morning before I had any caffeine. Not even six; it was like three thirty in the morning. Uh, I'm like, yeah, oh. and I took him flight. So, yeah, it was a uh, much not fun. But yeah, so um, but yeah, I, I just you know I, I love I love running games, so I, I always have a an after game ready, um, and I think my 2017 after game is going to be this X crawl apocalypse game idea that I had. That every time I think about it, it just makes me titter. Uh, so. Well, it, it's so awesome now because pretty soon you can anybody you at home can do this, right? You can take you can take your three editions of the game, and you can do your mutant. You can do mutant X crawl classics uh, jammer uh, or something. Yeah, right? yep. it's all compatible. You can take your MCC. You can drop them in uh, Boston Crawl, and you can, yep. you know, uh, heat it at 200 for about four hours, <laughs> and then get a little, you know. So it's pretty cool. I, I think that that compatibility of uh, of the of the systems, and of course, there's all this third party stuff out there, which right. you know you can also integrate pretty well. So, um, but that's that's really neat. I'm I'm. Uh, I think you can mutant crawl into X crawl uh, with almost no work and do all kinds of stuff like that. Oh hell yeah, 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 yeah. So other than X crawl, is there other DCC stuff 
DCCRPG stuff in the pipeline for you? I know that uh, you've been playtesting yeah. the crap out of stuff. You've got like four or five things that you've been playtesting for the past couple of years, and we we yeah. have hole, for for our DCCRPG we have Hole in the Sky, and we have that yes. beautiful journey into the Hole in the Sky. Thank you. And the fiction piece in the 2015 uh, program guide there. Jen, I think you're the only person who read that, and I will always be grateful for it. (laughs) That's not true. I know there's at least three others. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But it was really good. And the review for Hole in the Sky has been stellar. The buzz in in the the play is... all the people playing it and running it in the G plus community and everything. So um, do we have any non X crawl stuff coming our way anytime soon from you? Yes, absolutely. So um, I am even, (laughs) what did I spend most of my day doing? I'm working on um, my next regular DCC adventure, neon Knights, um, which finally, yes, yes, (laughs) yes. Was that, I think it was the first game you and I ever played, I think. I'm yep. not hundred percent sure, but, um, yeah, I yep. think so. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I had, I had other things, you know, extra all takes up a lot of my time and, um, you know, uh, I'm like where there's a lot of people doing DCC stuff. I'm really like extra all is kind of like me and a few other people kind of stragglers. So, um, I've been spending most of my energy on that. That's for, for, for sure. But, um, but you know, this is an adventure. Yeah. Um, neon Knights is an adventure that, uh, I've been running it at conventions for, um, I guess a year and a half now, maybe two years. And, um, I, I you know, I've, I've got it down. Uh, I don't know. I really enjoy it. And I think, um, I really enjoy running it and I, um, uh, I'm working on it right now and, uh, we'll have that in, you know, have that in, uh, just as soon as I can. Uh, have that yeah. have that out to people who want to play it. So, right faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually um, I've decided that this. I'll tell you one of my my, my writing secrets. Perfect. You ready for this? All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna whisper this just because it's just for for us and such. Um, I have found this amazing barbecue place that I can write in. Okay. So um, I I I'll, you know like I'll, I'll I'll I call you know I'll have like a barbecue writing day where I go there and I get a barbecue sandwich and they have this booth in the back in the like kind of like a hard to see booth where I can sit back there it's got a power cord um, and they're very cool about letting me work there so I think this Monday or Tuesday is going to be barbecue like my barbecue push day where I'm going to go and <laughs> eat a sandwich and try to like knock out like all of neon nights and. Um, uh, you know, get that uh, ready to shipped out and ready to go. But um, yeah, I ran that. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know. It's a it's a fun adventure. I hope I hope um, I hope it translates well into a written thing because I've really enjoyed running it at conventions for people. What what is it about barbecue? Does it smell like burnt PCs to you, or <laughs> no? perfect? You know, um, it kind of does, and I think. Yeah. I, like I think if if I go there um, and I, I I like I have to justify the fact that I just had like a you know fifteen thousand calories of of barbecue I'd be like all right well now you better write something you know but it, it's just something <laughs> magical about that you know I, I do better with hubbub you know when I was in Georgia 
um, I had this great coffee shop I used to work at, and there was just a just a low level of conversation there at all times. But it was a great big barn of a place, and no one minded if I sat there all day long. And like like my setup would be so ridiculous. Like I would bring my laptop, a separate keyboard, a separate mouse, my the, and then I had to get an extender for the power cord. So I'd bring like one of those like fifteen feet orange industrial power cords, and like run. <laughs> Across the floor uh, to to plug it in, and like they were like totally cool with it. You know, every once in a while I would show up and I'd like, I'd you know, I'd bring them breakfast or something. You know, like here guys, here here have some banana bread because thank you for letting me write in your your place. Um, and I I just do I do better like that. And um, so I think the hubbub of the barbecue place, also that the wafting smell of Fleischer is probably helping too. You know. <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, Brendan, do you have uh, like an adventure that you that you like a lot that maybe people don't know about? I know you've written quite a few for DCC, and there's a lot to choose from from the older like pre DCC RPG modules. Um, is there sure. anything out there that you kind of neglected that you want to tell people about? Oh, uh, well, that's great. Um, let's see. Well, um, I'm really there's there's a Okay, so I, I, I've got a few, the, the published book adventures um, I've done for DCC. Like uh, we, we mentioned, Belly of the Great Beast. I really enjoy that adventure. I don't think a lot of people ran it. I think people, like you know, people buy it to have in their collection. They read it, but I, you know, it, epic level stuff like that. It's part of the reason I did it was because. I, there was, there's not much out there for epic level, so I, I did, you know. Uh, but people know about that one at least. Um, you know, I, I just don't think people run it very much. But it's a very playable, it's a very playable game. You know, twenty third level characters in three point five are very hard to predict and very hard to run for. But this game will give them something to think about. You know what I mean? It's not, you know, <laughs> I don't care what you've got. You know what I mean? There are things in there that will definitely, you know, you know, stop you in your tracks. Sounds um, sounds like a tenth level D. CC conversion, maybe. <laughs> Taking you know, the words out maybe, of my mouth there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, wow, that would be actually. If you were going to do it, it would have to be tenth level. And uh, wow, see it, at, at that level though. Ooh, I'd have to play the heck out of that and see how that worked out. You know, like I'm thinking of like the, you know, oh boy, that 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 you know you know old three five. That's got like three page stat blocks in there. You know, like yeah, you oh, need a calculator for like the fifty hit die monsters that you would need. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's mostly characters. You know, I mean that that particular one's got a a half ogre magi, half black dragon, uh, blackguard assassin, fighter, anti paladin, something. You know, like uh, twenty. But- well, yeah. we'll take it over to Purple Sorcerer, plug in, you know, tenth level, and see what it gives us. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We'll use the dragon um, generator on there for all of the other monsters too. <laughs> but um, I would say that there's one that no one really remembers. Um, I wrote an adventure for one of the compilation uh, compilation books. Um, I think it's called The Adventure Begins, and it's called When Kobold Fly. Um, and, um, that was Joseph's name. My, my, my original title for it was the kobolds from hell. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I now, I, I now know that other people have written adventures that specifically took the least threat of AD and D the kobold and made them really dangerous. And that's what this one does. Um, you know, um, I'm really happy with that one. And my other compilation adventure, um, this called ghost of the mammoth clan. Um, both of those, you know, they're in the history of DCC. Now they're in the books. 
Um, every once in a while, I come across them. I take a look at them again. Um, yeah, I would love to see. I'd love to to see that you know to to let people know. Yeah, those adventures exist. They're low level, you know, three adventures, easily convertible to whatever system you like. And uh, yeah, it would it would do my heart good to know people that know that people know about those adventures even now after all this time. Well, there we cool. go, and that gives us more to convert too. Yeah, and if uh, if you're going to play some of the old X crawl ones. Um, they're all good, but my favorite, the one that I always want to go back to is the old, um, the Vegas crawl. Um, that one started off, you know, Joe, I, re- I read, um, I read your, um, forgotten treasure or hidden treasures, uh, entry recently. It's cool that you and I both improv games to start them off, which I love. Um, it's, it's, you know, um, it's cool that somebody else works that way. And, uh, that's, st- that was an improv game that I ran one night at, um, at Gen Con for some folks. Um, because they had, or, like, I, I, I was going to run an after game, and everybody who showed up for it had already come to my earlier X crawl game. So I couldn't just do the same thing twice. So I had to off the cuff <laughs> something, and um, I had just bought this huge, big foam die that I could use as a prop. So I was like, okay, it's Vegas, and you show up inside the die. It rolls across this giant floor, and that's how the adventure begins. So um, if you're going to, you know, look into old X crawl stuff, I would say the Vegas crawl. I'm very happy with that okay. one. How do I not have this one already? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I know. What is wrong with me? <laughs> so, uh, Brendan, I don't think we've okay. gotten here yet, but uh, uh, what's your 2017 convention schedule look like? Uh, do you have any conventions left this year? Oh. Any Christmas no, con I, uh, or anything? No, I just had my last. Hanukkah con? No, I just had my last convention. Hanukkah <laughs> con. If there was a Hanukkah con, I Hanukkah. would go and I would run my little heart out. I would so, 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 so be there. Um, Let's see. So um, I can give you my, let me, let me pull it up real quick. Yes. I have my proposed schedule for uh, a convention schedule Um, off the top of my head. It looks like, um, see my world tour. That's not it. Um, (laughs) All right. So um, I'm I'm, I'm definitely the one I've signed up for already. Well, I've signed up for a few. Um, Dundracon. I'm going to my first West Coast convention, um, so that'll be exciting, and that is in February. Um, I'm doing GaryCon, GenCon, Origins. I'm doing Mepicon Fall. Um, I'm doing. I'm probably going to do Yukon again. I'm going to go to RinCon in Arizona. Wow. Um, I know, right? And Te- um, I feel like Texas? I'm leaving a couple out. So what? No, no, North Texas. You know, no, I like North Texas. I love as a concept, but we, we have such good coverage for North Texas. You know, um, that I feel like I wouldn't. You know, it, it's better. I should go to a different convention and let that one be. Um, you know, let that one be what it is. And you know, with so many, so many DCC folks show up there, and it's a very small convention. You know, um, very. You know, like well, they, I think it's only a- they are doubling their capacity for 2017. That right. Mm-hmm. And I just saw earlier today that it looks like Mr. Curtis might not make it. Oh no. Oh. So yeah. Yeah. So this is my I just okay, my con schedule so far is uh, for next year is Dundracon, TotalCon, or rather uh Coastcon, uh GTS, GaryCon, Momocon, Origins, GenCon, and Gamehole. And um, I'm um, oh Rincon. That's not on my list. I'm also going to do Rincon. Um, a lot of cons. I'm going to a lot of cons. <laughs> you know, so um, all right. which uh, then, should all be good times. 
And for those of you who are listening but have not uh, played in one of Brendan's games, it is it, it's you just you have to be there to actually understand the experience. But it's like it's like if you know a serious worldwide wrestling federation guy showed up to GM <laughs> like out of no. I mean, it's the energy is just crazy. The the voice, the energy, the uh, it's it's the most facial expressions, the facial expressions, <laughs> the characters. It's it's quite an experience. So not to be missed. If you get a chance, um, make sure to to get a spot because no nobody leaves unscathed. It's it's just awesome. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, we've been going on for quite a while. Are there uh, any parting thoughts that you'd like to leave us with? Any sage advice for uh, the aspiring writers or GMs out there? <laughs> Uh, well, for, for aspiring GMs, I would say, uh, you know, just play the best game you can um, with as much enthusiasm as you can muster. I would say um, subsume your ego, you know, like don't be a, don't make it competitive. Don't like get mad when your monsters get beaten too easily or they don't do what they think they're going to do or your players do a dodge. Just go with them, you know, like relax, get loose and just follow your players wherever the adventure goes. Guide them, but don't force anyone to go anywhere they don't want to go. Um, and just have fun, you know, it's always a game. It's always should be a good time. And, uh, you know, I have my style. I wouldn't say anybody out there should try to copy my style, but my style was me working on it and working on it and working on it until I developed what I, you know, my style of GMing and such, find your style and just keep working on it and working on it and working on it until you're that you're, 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 you're the most awesome version of yourself that you can possibly be, whatever (laughs) that is, whatever your style of GMing is, you know? Um, nice. You know, that's that's cool. And for aspiring writers out there, I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of good advice out there for um, role-playing game enthusiasts who want to write, who want to be authors and such. Um, so uh, without getting into specifics, I would say read, 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 read as much as you can get your hands on if you're serious about being a writer. Reading should be your second hobby behind gaming, if not your first hobby, with gaming being your second hobby. Um, and get a copy of Strunk and White's The Element of Style and read it until it's tatters and then buy another copy. Good advice. All right. Are we going to do it, Jen? Sure, okay, why not? We're going to go into patron bond and get really awkward. <laughs> What orders from Mordor, my lord? Hold your trouble, one thing I can't stand, it's people groveling. Patron Bond. And here we are in Patron Bond, the uh, portion of the show where we rate our guest... <laughs> it's usually rate a product, but the product today is Brendan LaSalle. So, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> so, um, all right, Julian, since you're uh, uh, this is your first episode, and um, I understand that you've only listened to a few episodes of this podcast, shame on you. Uh, we're gonna just throw you in front of the bus. Well, thank you. I'm. Uh, I, in fact, the bus has a special place. You know, I work in <laughs> IT, and the the bus has a little carriage right under the bumper in front where I usually ride because I'm so used to, uh, you know, being thrown right under the bus. So I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I feel right at home. Um, 
Well, I, I think I've tipped my hand. You know, for me, uh, I, I'm having a blast running X-Crawl, and Brendan's games are, are always a treat. And even when I'm running, even though I'm coming for him and he better look over his shoulder, um, <laughs> I still, uh, he's one of my favorite GMs, so for sure, a uh, critical hit for me. All right, Jen. Yeah, that, that was a little obvious, Julian. Yeah. Um, you know, f- I've... I gotta say, I've never had a bad time playing at one of Brendan's tables, even if the people there have never touched dice before, which seemed to be the case at one of the uh, game hold con. Yeah. One of the game hold dimensions that. Yeah. But, you know, I I still can't think of many people I would rather share a little fire and roast marshmallows with, so I gotta give Uh, them a critical hit. (laughs) Thank you all. Well, you know, (laughs) I always gotta be the dissenter, but. uh... I'm kind of going for a miss here because uh, I was I was hoping he would talk a little more. <laughs> also, I thought he was going to yeah. unveil Maximum Sex Crawl tonight, and I'm really kind of <laughs> upset that he, he he didn't want to lift the veil on that one. You know, I saw the show notes and I just I glossed over yeah. it. There, there was no way. <laughs> you know, my parole officer made me promise to <laughs> keep that to That's- a minimum. So. But I am wearing my shirt and my chaps, so, right. you know, don't... Uh, but, uh, we, you know, Brendan, mm-hmm. thanks for coming on the show. We'd, we'd really like to have you on again. I, I feel like we didn't get to talk about everything I'd like to, to, to quiz you about. So thank you very much for uh, spending this uh, last hour with us. Thanks for having me. And anytime you want to, you know, everyone to have me on again, um, I'd love to. I would love, love, love to come on your show and run a game, even just a little Ooh. quick one. Um, it would be amazing. So I've always wanted to do that for uh, uh, for a uh, on a podcast. So uh, you know, yeah, how, how close is X Crawl DCC? I mean, maybe you could come on and uh, show people the mechanics. Yeah, um, it'll be. I mean, a few months, but sure. I, I think we've got a few months. It's all good. Yeah, the good. rate, yeah, the rate that we release it. episodes that'll be our next episode with Brendan LaSalle. <laughs> <laughs> Bookend, you know. uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks so much, guys. Right. Thanks, Brendan. Thanks, Brendan. And thank thank you, you, Brendan. Listeners. Thank you. Yes, definitely. Keep spell burning. We love you for we're, it. We're, uh, we're, we're going to be back, guys. So, guys and gals. We're we back. are back. Yeah. We got more J's and I don't know what, where I was going with that, but good night. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. Y'all don't have a choice. All right, bye. (laughs) Night, guys. Bye, Bye, guys. Take care. Okay, so my last thing at the guest on on Spellboard tonight, we're going to talk about um, Jeffrey, who has moved on to other projects. Jeffrey, um, I really enjoyed listening to you and all the other, um, all the podcast episodes you've done, and uh, you will be missed. Wish you absolutely all the best luck in everything going forward, and uh, know that you have fans out there who enjoy listening to you. It's a privilege to, to be here um, on Spellburn uh, and to have, list, uh, to have listened to so many of the, the podcasts in the last week, getting ready, uh, sharpening my talking skills, and uh, I, it's, very, uh, it's very cool to be here, and we'll be just trying to do our best to, to fill those shoes and carry the banner forward, and of course, wishing you all the best. 
Oh man, Judge Jeffrey, where are you going? You're leaving me with these guys. Come on. <laughs> I, you've been our our rock. You have been well, at least you know my lifeline. Um, thanks for all the inspiration and the encouragement. And man, I miss hanging out with you too. So I do wish you all the best and loved you and the wife and kids. Jeffrey, man, it has been a trip. Uh, you know, you, uh, me, and Jim, we started this podcast in, what was it, 2013? That was a long time, man. And we kind of built this up from nowhere. You know, we, we all kind of saw this game that we that we really liked. And, uh, you know, we decided we wanted to grow this community and, and uh, build this, this podcast. And, you know, it was a lot of hard work. And we didn't really get anything for it, you know, other than a, you know, a few accolades, which is great. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just a labor of love. And um, thank you. Thank you very much for, for uh, doing the show for this long. And you did a great job. And, uh, and, and filling in for Jim when Jim left up the show. Uh, amazing work. So thank you very much. Going to miss you. <laughs>